What's up, guys? Uh, welcome to Leverage Podcast. This week is going to be probably more like an open Q&A. Yeah, we'll start with Jack. Um, What's going on? So Jack has recently been, uh, recently started writing. Um, he's been blogging and uh, creating content for me. Or he's been sending me articles, and me and Tyler have been turning those into content. Um, you know, a little rough around the edges when it comes to writing, but every, you got to start somewhere. And I know when sure. I first started blogging, um, you know, I didn't really know what the fuck I was doing. I was just writing about crazy nights I was having going out. I started a blog called uh, Robo's Flirting Blog, which um, actually turned into Inner Confidence later on. Um, but my experience of writing was very similar to what Jack described earlier today in a, uh, a message on Facebook that he sent me. I kind of explain, you know, that experience that you've had. And then, uh, and then we can talk about that a little bit. Cause I think it's, I think writing is a great thing for everyone to do. It allows you to be really kind of reflective and look in the mirror, but, um, yeah. So what have you been getting out of it? Well, um, it, it's been confronting for, for a while. Like I've had to really, um, kind of look at into who I am as a man and, and what I'm really about and what my purpose is. And as I'm writing these different articles and, you know, right around subjects that I'm dealing with in life, I'm really confronted on just really being honest with myself. And it's opened me up to different ways of dealing with my behavior from, um, I'm not getting near as emotional as I used to. Um, I'm not caring near what people think of me. It's, um, it's been opening up a lot of different aspects to, to what I'm about as a, you know, as a man. And I really have been enjoying it. I've, I've actually been really having a lot of fun doing it. I mean, so it's just, it's just really been helping me out in that aspect. And it's, um, it's, it's forcing me to use my mind more than I've been using in a long time, writing stuff down and, uh, and telling me to be, it's forcing me to become organized. It's forcing me to, uh, to deal with things I don't haven't been dealing with most of my life. So it's been good. To answer your question. Good. Well, more specifically, um, and why don't you tell us the specific, the specific writing assignment that, and why that, you know, gave you the, you know, kind of the overall impact you're talking about. Like the impact of what it's been doing for me. It's just been, um, it's been really great. It's, it's helped me to ask more specifically because it's, you know, it's like, yeah, it's great. It's been opening shit up, but like, tell us specifically what you wrote and the impact it had and now how you feel. Well, I wrote, one of the things I wrote about was, um, being, you know, how, what, what the impact was and what I learned about when I was fired from a job that I had. And, you know, when I first wrote the article, it wasn't the way it appears that's on the blog. It was actually written more from an egotistical standpoint and from a, like, fuck you. I, you're wrong for what you did to me. Like, you guys are assholes. And it wasn't from a standpoint of vulnerability. It wasn't from a standpoint of humility or taking really much ownership from what I was doing. So what I was dealing with. So actually, uh, Tyler, you want know, to say, well, I want, I don't really like this article. You're not having any type of vulnerability from this search 
more of yourself and, you know, take some ownership about this. So I really had to do some thinking about it. And, um, I really had to like really search what I was dealing with. And I realized that, you know, I'm, I'm just, you know, bullshitting myself thinking what I'm thinking. And, you know, I've been, you know, dealing with like a lot, been struggling for the past three or four months financially since I've lost my job. And I'm, you know, I'm to a point now where I'm starting to do better, but I've lost like six months of time when I could have, you know, kept the job. I had a great job. I mean, it was a, a really well-paying job. I was making close to 10,000 a month there and I was doing well. And I just, I had a problem with authority. I had a problem doing what I was told. I was really emotional around stuff and um, I was really unorganized. And I didn't do the things that my uh, supervisors asked of me. I didn't, I didn't want to follow their directions. I didn't like being told what to do and uh, inevitably it cost me my job. And what I've learned out of that experience is that, you know, I had problems with authority. I had problems with um, organization and it showed up in a lot of different areas of my life from the way my appearance was for myself to like just being overweight, not taking care of my, my personal well-being, uh, having a messy place to um, just, you know, not making lots of money, not, you know, sticking to my appointments, you know, with my clients, um, not doing the things I said, not being my word at times. It just affected me in a lot of ways and it really was confronting. So like, writing it all out told me really, you know, put it on paper. It's helping me deal with it. And, you know, it's kind of embarrassing and humiliating at the same time. Yeah. I'm writing this out, being this vulnerable at the same time, though it's opening up for me to deal with it and not keep making the same fucked up behavior pattern that I've been making where I've been, you know, completely unorganized, not doing the things I'm supposed to do. I'm now starting to be a lot more organized and it's, it's really helped a lot through the writing. And I want to continue doing it because it really is opening up a whole different aspects to my life that I didn't know even existed just by through doing it. I've never, I've never written like this before. So it's right. It's, it's awesome. Here's the, yeah. And, and you know, here's the thing about writing. If you write something and you want people to read it, right. Um, mm -hmm. it's gotta be good. So in essence, if you're, if you're a writer, you're also a salesman, right. And what you're selling is you're selling, you're selling someone on investing their time and reading the shit you write. And if what you write is confusing or it's hard to follow or it's distracting because it's full of grammar mistakes and spelling mistakes, you know, you're, you're, you're not making a sale, right? And yeah, yeah. selling is essentially, you know, the thing that we're teaching in the leverage program, how to sell yourself to women, how to sell yourself to employers, how to, you know, make more money selling whatever it is you sell. And you're always selling. I don't care what you're doing. Even if you're like an IT consultant, you know, you had to sell someone on you to get that job. And there was a long thread the other day that Jesse posted about how he's the king of leverage and how everything he does has some sort of positive impact on another area of his life. Like even if he goes out for drinks and spends a bunch of money for bottles or on drinks, that will lead to some other sale or some other making, you know, opportunity with the people he's drinking with or people that meet him through drinking. I mean, we traveled around Europe together with a bunch of hot girls and we knew having those hot girls would attract guys with money who would then want to sign up as vacation rental property clients for us. So, you know, 
we understand the value of hot girls and we use them as leverage all over the place <laughs> where most guys would say like, well, no, I'm, I'm not going to spend money on bottles or, you know, pay hot girls to flat because I afford it or, you know, I need money for this or that. They don't see the value there because they can't see the leverage effect. Um, and writing has a huge leverage effect. And for a lot of you guys who, you know, just posting in the group, right. Um, you know, if you post up in the group and you don't get comments and you know, no one has anything to say, it probably means you wrote a shitty post. Um, or it was so <laughs> full of grammar errors and, and spelling errors that no one could get through it. Um, and you know, we, I obviously read everything. Um, Jesse tries to read everything. Uh, some of the other, you know, guys who have been around the group or, you know, graduates like Leonard and, and Tyler will read everything and we'll, you know, we'll yell at you guys and make fun of you when you write shit that sucks. Right. And a lot of the time, that can have the opposite effect because it can get you guys to shut down. I mean, I go, well, I don't want to post anymore because I'm getting beat up, but no, you're getting beat up because you're, you know, (laughs) your writing sucks or the message in your writing sucks. There's some reason why it sucks, but the worst thing you can do is stop posting, stop writing, stop selling yourself because then you're going in the opposite direction. Um, and so I gave you that assignment because I wanted you to realize that. And, and, um, you know, I made, <laughs> I made Tyler start editing your stuff. Yeah. You know, to be honest, because I couldn't deal with it. There were so many fucking mistakes. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm so busy. I couldn't do it. But, <laughs> you know, Tyler, I he had to. And then when Tyler would edit it, I'd be like, oh, wow, there's actually some really good messages. There's some gold here. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so don't take that as a knock. Take it as well. You no, I take it. I need to yeah. get a lot more educated when it comes to grammar and everything else, the punctuation and all that stuff. Well, th- those are like the little details, right? And how you do anything is how you do everything. So th- think of those little details as, you know, kind of like a, you know, it- it's kind of like a microscope in the rest of your life. And if you look at the rest of your life, like you don't have the little details figured out. You have the idea of like most of this stuff that you want to do but there's a lot of confusion and there's a lot of, um, you know, like the little details are not figured out and that reflects the same as it, as it does in your writing. So if you look at your life as a whole and you kind of take the metaphor that the grammar errors and the punctuation errors and spelling errors are little things in your life that you're not attending to, I bet there's a lot of space for you to make some improvements there. When I meet someone who, is a very accomplished or not even accomplished writer, but when they have perfect grammar, perfect punctuation, perfect spelling, they're almost always a very highly effective person in whatever job they do. Right. Because no one would take the time to do that if they weren't. It's just a reflection of the rest of their life and that they're cutting corners and trying to take shortcuts all over the place. And the impact on that is obviously a lot bigger than you think. Like you think, yeah, spelling grammar doesn't really matter. That's what I used to think too. Like, why are my teachers even harping on this? Use a spell check. Why do I need to learn this stuff? But now I see the value years and years later. Got it. So, you know, good for you. Keep writing. Um, you know, sure. I'll tell you that you'll be pretty inspired by it. And, you know, just 
try to keep all that stuff in mind. And I really encourage the rest of you guys to, you know, to blog, um, start writing, um, do whatever you can to get your thoughts on paper for whatever reason, for me, I don't know what it is. Whenever I fly, I seem to get more clear headed. Maybe it's that I'm at 35,000 feet or I've got, you know, three to five hours of uninterrupted time where I don't have to deal with any cell phones going off or any distractions because I don't have internet and I get so much writing. I always write, um, you know, I try to write email marketing letters or blog articles and I got like three writing pieces done, which I'll be posting soon as the new like 20 part course that you get when you sign up on the website. And, um, I think they're really good. So I'm going to post them in the group and we'll see how good they are based on the, you know, the response I get from you guys. But it was just a really cool, uh, you know, I highly urge everyone to like, you know, set aside what, even if it's 30 minutes, turn off your phone, turn off all distractions and just write shit down. Um, whether it's a to-do list or just reflection on what's going on in your life. I don't know. I don't care but write it down and I promise there'll be some value that comes with that. So, um, sure. If anyone else on the, on the call do any active writing, blogging, anything like that? Um, I've been doing a journal and it's been really beneficial, especially because what I'm doing is I write down the goals for this week. For example, if some goal that we have decided on, like, you know, 10 approaches, or, you know, uh, finish designing my wardrobe or do some anything else. I put it down as weekly goals in my calendar. And then I track every day at the end of the night for five minutes. And I think that has helped me so much in this past month. It's just been amazing. So you should post that in the group. I think that'd be really valuable. Sure. I'll actually post a picture of what I do. So pretty nice. Okay. You write it down on paper. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely post that. Um, that'd be a good way for me to, to keep tabs on you as well. Okay. And storytelling is so important. You know, to be a good writer, you have to be a good storyteller. Especially when you're talking to women or when you're in a group, of, when you're with a group of people and you want to captivate your audience and you know get other people like you there's no better tool than storytelling everyone i know who's really good with women and who's really good with with people just socially is a great storyteller so the best way to work on that is kind of like if you want to be you know good at banter in person a great thing to do is is practice text messaging because you have time to formulate funny text and think about your response so writing stories is the same as telling stories. You just have more time to write it down. You have more time to be creative and funny. Um, so I really encourage all of you guys to, to write down stories, um, tell descriptive stories about the stuff you're doing each week and post them in the group. So the beauty of the group uh, versus not being in the group, if you just write stories, who's going to read that shit? No one, <laughs> right? I mean, you can post it on Facebook, but odds are when you just start out, they're going to suck. And you're not going to get any comments. People are going to just think you're a crappy writer and they're not going to bother to read anything again. But you know, I'll read them at the very minimum and I'll give you notes and feedback in the group. 
So I really encourage you guys to do that. Like, I think Adam who's on the phone. I'm going to call you out. Um, you're not the best storyteller and that is very reflective in your post. Like when you do a write up on, on your approaches, it's, uh, it's always like the bare bones minimum. You're like a computer spitting out the facts and it's very hard to engage. And I never really have a whole lot to say because there's not a whole lot of emotion there. You don't give me any insight into really like how you felt on your approaches, how you think they felt on those approaches. I mean, you're not the worst at it, obviously, but I'm picking on you because you're an advanced guy and you should be better at this. And storytelling is an area that you could really, really you know, benefit from improving at. So, so that's what I have to say about that. What do you think? Adam. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> Nothing, never mind. <laughs> I was just calling you out for being a bad storyteller and writing boring posts about your approaches. Ah, cool story. Yeah. Just like your stories, bro. Super cool stories. <laughs> You'll listen to it in the recording. <laughs> So Derek, let's talk about your fashion posts. Um, aside from the fact that they were some amazing entertainment value, and I laugh my ass off at all those poses you were doing. Um, <laughs> definitely work on body language stuff. Um, mm -hmm. Read that article that Tyler posted. Um, if you go to interconfidence.com slash five, dash keys, dash fixing, dash body, dash language. That's easy. You can find that awesome post on body language. Um, I'll just put it in the show notes. How about that? <laughs> Genius. So tell us so far, I know you're in the process of redoing your whole wardrobe. Um, you know, everything I had seen you wear up until you started posting might need to be burned. Um, but, you know, you said you've got what, a couple V-necks or a couple Henleys, a pair of AG jeans and a pair of brown shoes to start with? That's, yes. that's your base right now? Well, I got, I started with uh, actually two jeans. One is the one which I just got altered. It's AG Nomads. And then I got another pair of gray jeans, which you might have seen in the pictures. They are still rather long and uh, I haven't decided if I want to retain them. But so far I like the gray jeans also, they just need to be altered. And I think you recommended that I should wait till Jen sees them so then she can figure out whether we want to retain them or return them. And then I've got two V-necks which you guys approved. Um, they're, one of them is blue, the other is a darker color. And then I got the Henley which you guys saw today. So I'm gonna keep the Henley. So I guess everybody liked it. And yeah, well, the good thing is you can wear that same outfit. You can wear those those jeans with the brown shoes with the two mm -hmm. different Henleys. You could probably wear that for like two weeks straight without anyone noticing. <laughs> uh, uh, especially so, one the one the short sleeve, right? Because it's kind of hot. 
but yeah, jeans, a pair of shoes. If you got a pair of casual shoes like Converse or Adidas or something in style, um, you know, a pair of casual yeah. style shoes with a with a V neck, short sleeve Henley, then you know, there's not a whole lot else you need at the moment. Um, so stick with that, and then you know, just uh, meet with meet with Vive. She'll she'll set you straight on that shit as well. Yeah, I'm uh, trying to get the Chuck Taylor's, the number two, what is it, Chuck Taylor 2, where it's sold out. And I think I'm just going to wait for that because that black shoe looks really amazing. The one which, uh, I guess, uh, Joe, Jay got on, in the group. So right. that's uh, the next purchase. And then I also got boots, uh, which Jen told me to buy. Um so I'm going to post, uh, I guess I'm going to just take pictures and post and get it vetted by you guys also. And okay. one thing which I noticed, like after, you know, upgrading to the AG jeans and I'm definitely getting a lot of more traction. Let's just use that word. Because I was, uh, I went to Nordstrom to return the black shoes which you guys hated and I'm glad I returned them. And while I was doing that, like these girls are just like, scanning me up and down and I was like oh you know this stuff works so it's already paying dividends and I kind of know that um, I think you need to shave your head more often Um, yeah I was actually thinking of asking Sherbin and uh, as well as Cameron whether they have a procedure for doing that or whether they go to a barber yeah well Adam's on the phone how often do you shave your head? Oh, every day. Every day. It takes like three minutes. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, because what happens with yours, Derek, is you don't shave it, and you get that weird like widow's peak thing. I mean, you're bald on the side. You have a receding hairline. Um, uh-huh. And it's you know you get that little bit of like scruff on the top, and the shape of that looks really it's a really funky shape and it it looks like you're like some sort of weird Halloween character. It looks like you're like Dracula. The way that that (laughs) shit comes down. So (laughs) you got to keep it totally like smooth and even. Otherwise, you know, it's only going to take a couple of days for that thing to come in. And I'm guessing Adam, you've got some funky shit going on with your hairline too. And if you don't shave it, it looks weird, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's I think uh I'll start doing that. I've been doing it like once every three weeks and then it grows a little, so then I go back to the barber, but I'll try to do it like every day or at least every week. And you won't ever need to go to the barber. Like do you ever go to the barber, Adam? Uh no, I just do it in the shower. Like I said, three minutes I'm done. It's pretty easy yeah. once you get in rhythm. Mm-hmm. So you'll say- me too. I don't know what you're spending at the barber. Maybe it's 20, 30 bucks, but whatever. They save that money. You know, that adds up. Yeah, yeah just get, uh, get one of those Gillette or Schick or actually, uh, what's that um, online razor delivery service? There is a cheaper service instead of buying, you know, Gillette. I forget what it's called, top of my head, but you Dollar can uh, save that. Yeah. Just do that. Sounds good. Sure, Bond, can you speak to this at all? Another uh, shaved-headed dude, or Jad, you have a shaved head, too. 
Hey, Rosie, my only concern is that all of us are going to become shaved headed and it's going to be hard to tell us all apart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cross that bridge when we come to it, I guess. <laughs> Sherbon, I saw you go off mute. Tell us your regimen. Uh, it's pretty much the same as Adam's, just like uh, I would say one to three times a week. Um, yeah, it takes like three or five minutes in the shower. It's not rocket science. Okay. I use like the, there's like a five blade uh, Gillette thing, but yeah, you could probably use something cheaper. So you guys are, you're not using electric razors. You guys are using uh, hand razors. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. So I think we're good on that. So if anyone out there is listening and you have a shaved head, fucking shave that shit at least every other day. Um, I mean, it's just like your face, right? If you go two days without shaving your face, you're going to have some stubble and it's going to look, going to look bad if you're, uh, you know, showing up to an office where you have to have a super clean shaven. Ideally, you just have a beard and you have hair. Or if you're like me, you're on Propecia Rogaine and you got some dirt powdery dust that you spray on your head and then you put some, you put some hairspray on that and it looks like you have a lot of hair. But no one ever knows, so fuck it. Other questions doesn't have to be related to anything we've talked about so far. Leslie, I just have a question about um, the 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 date that I went on the other night. Um, Yeah, I haven't like texted her. Is that is there like a time frame where it's like weird if I text her like a week later? Yeah, didn't you see what I posted? Yeah, I was, you know, I texted her when I got home and then like I said like the same thing and then I looked at it and then I forgot to to post again to be like, oh, I might have like already said something along those lines. Like, I don't so know. So my There's advice like- to you, my advice to you was to wait. So what I, what I always do after a date <laughs> Well, there's a few different scenarios. Let's take the scenario where I didn't have sex with her. And it's a first date. If I did not have sex with her, I wait at least 24 hours. Let's say I went out with her on a Tuesday night. I don't text her all day Wednesday. And I text her usually, you know, on Thursday around 11 a.m. with the standard uh, obligatory first date text, which is what I posted in the group is it goes something along the lines of, um, uh, Hey, this is the standard. I had a great time on our date text, you know, post date text, but seriously, dot, dot, dot. I really did have a good time. Smiley face. So you're just kind of calling out the fact that you're, you're hitting her up. Um, and the reason why I wait, you know, at least a day is because I want to give her the chance to text me first. And usually yeah. if she's really into me, she will. She'll hit me up the next day or even like right after, you know, we, we parted ways that night saying like, I had a great time. Thanks so much. Um, and if I don't send the obligatory first date follow up, I might send callback humor instead that following yeah. day. But I always want to give her the, the option to take me. Right. So yeah. by not following up like most other guys, most other guys follow up like, and he like, Oh, I really enjoyed the time. Thank you so much for letting me take you out. <laughs> suck your dick, suck your dick, suck your dick. I don't do that at all. I let them suck mine, which sets the precedent for the relationship going forward. And if they don't, 
Now I've still waited a day, which shows that I don't care that much. I'm not overly invested. I'm not going to suck their dick. Um, yeah. So, so the, so what happened with you is you texted her right after the date with the obligatory post date thing. Yeah. She said, text me, text me when you get home. And then I did, but I don't know if I, I don't know if she thought I, I, I ignore those, those requests. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because she tells you she wants you to do something doesn't mean you should. Right. That's true. Um, (laughs) and so you, you did that and let me guess, she didn't respond. She responded. Uh, and then, yeah, it was just like, she, I texted, she texted, then I texted and then she uh, didn't respond to that one. Like the, the second one. All right. So post a screenshot of what was said. Okay. Um, and I'm glad you haven't texted her. Okay. Um, make sure you post it, the comment under that same thread. Don't post a new thread because that'll be confusing. So, you know, okay. post an update, comment, and then we can tell you what to do. You'll probably follow up with some callback humor. Um, not today, today's Saturday, Sunday. So, yeah, you can you can text her probably tomorrow would be ideal. Okay. So, like, a week is not, like, terrible. It's it would be ideal, terrible if you didn't text her at all. Like, if you just if you said, all right, see you later in person and you, you didn't hit her up you know, yeah. for an entire week, then yeah, that'd be bad because you're losing momentum. Um, you want to basically when, when you meet a girl, you want to get her out on the date as soon as you can bearing. It's not on a Friday or Saturday night, which makes you look desperate. And then you want to fuck her as fast as you can bearing. It's not like the following night, unless there's a few exceptions. And then you want to fuck her again as fast as you can. Cause once you fucked her twice, um, you know, you know, it's not, it wasn't just a one-time fuck. She's interested in you cause she fucked you once. She's, she's on her way to being in love with you because she fucked you twice. And then you scale back and start seeing her once every seven to 10 days. So the relationship doesn't get too serious too fast. Yeah. Is there, is there a lot of, is there texting in between? I mean, I guess, it's like a yeah, normal texting. It's mostly texting to just figure out logistics. Okay. To see her face to face. There's not a whole lot of, you know, there's some, there's some light flirting, recall humor, going back and forth, keeping it fun and fresh, but certainly none of that obnoxious texting that was happening before the date that you had with that girl. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty not great. Less but, uh... is more. The least amount of texting you can get away with and the easier you can bang them the more in control you are. Um, yep. So once you yeah. bang her twice, you don't have to worry about momentum anymore? Not really. In rare situations, okay. maybe, but typically you don't, and and you want to scale back. Uh, you, you, have to, it, you, have to weigh, you have to worry a lot more about, you know, her getting too attached than her not being interested after that. Okay. And if she's a total flat. party whore... She's a total party whore, then you have to consider, you know, the latter. But if she's not, you're probably pretty safe. I just have one one more question about that. Um, what are the odds of having sex with a girl if she lives at home with her parents and you live at home with your parents? Um, if you're drinking on the date, they go up by 50%. 
Um, <laughs> if, if you don't have anywhere to take her back, obviously they go down, but it just takes a little longer. Right. So yeah. In, instead of fucking, you go back to the car and you like fool around and maybe you don't fuck her, but by like the third time you probably fuck her in the car. Okay. Maybe the second time, like it, it just, it depends on how turned on she is how yes. sexually liberated she is, how old she is. There's so many factors, but yeah, yeah, it certainly helps to have your own place. But the car is the, that's the, the place. <laughs> Unless your parents aren't home or hers aren't home. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I, or, or you get a fucking place on Airbnb, but <laughs> even then it's probably not worth it. Unless you know for sure that she's going to bang. Yeah. <laughs> Or just make good guy friends and, and, uh, you know, some of them that have houses might just be like, you know, I have friends that, that give me the key to their garage or not the key, but the code to their garage and say, you know, if you need it, let me know. Yeah, totally. I have spare bedrooms and in my places and if you guys ever needed to bring a girl back to fuck, you could always text me or post in the group. Hey, I'm in LA on a date with a girl. I think I can fuck her, but I have nowhere to stay. Like, dude, come over. You can use my room. I'll just go out on the couch. You can say it's your place. Like, you know, if your friends aren't willing to do that for you, then they're cock blocking losers and you should get new friends. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'll take one more question. Anything from Eddie? One of the newer guys. I don't have too many questions yet since I'm still working on the whole project thing. Okay. Do you have any questions about the approach? I know nothing that I already don't know. It's just the type of thing where I just got to get amped to do it like the first time, but I'm still having problems with it. Um, you're in, you're in Boston. Um, Corey, I don't know if you saw the welcome post, but how far are you from, from the city, Eddie? Like 30 minutes or something? Yeah. So if I took the train, probably like a half hour. Do you ever come into the city? I will actually be there tomorrow, so pretty often I go to college, though. Oh, all right. So you guys should try to coordinate a, uh, you know, an hour or two to meet somewhere. Um, and Corey, maybe you could uh, push him into doing a few day game approaches. Okay. So you can do some, too. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, it's weekends, the next couple of weekends, I'm, I'm traveling. But after that, I'll be around for, for like three weeks or so. Cool. But yeah, Eddie, definitely hit up Corey. Um, that's the best way to, to get over your approach anxiety is have someone push you into it. And then we can put you on an approach bet if that doesn't work. Yeah, it's, uh, it's just something you got to do. It's yeah, crash and burn a little. Totally. All right, guys. I'm glad we did the call. A bunch of you guys joined, and it was a good call. So, All right, guys. Later.